0: Oh, welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter, what do you Do you big Tennessee homer?
1: <laughs> hey buddy, what's going on?
0: Oh man, I'm doing mm. great because we got one of my absolute favorites on the show, Shane, Mr. Tony Basilio. That's a name that every Tennessee fan knows. And hell, I think my dad likes Tony more than he likes me, you know what?
1: <laughs> I think he could only rename you, Mike, you know? <laughs> TJ Tony Jr. I can see it. It, it have a good ring to it. No, I, yeah. I love Tony. I I've, I've followed him for a long long time. This is a fantastic interview, Mike. I, I no spoil in here. You guys are going to hear it sh- hear it soon. But, you know, the best uh, to take you back, one of the best things about Tony's show is and he he hits on it. Is when things aren't going so well, <laughs> you know? That's yeah. what he's there for. He is a he's got a good ear and uh some of the best clips I've ever heard from from raging vol fans was to yep. the Tony show. So yeah, this is this is awesome.
0: And Shane, no I mean this is the God's honest truth. It's one of those deals. He wanted to do it in the morning because he's got a he's got a show in the afternoon. Yeah. You know, I typically record in the afternoons, but when someone like Tony Basilio says, "Well, I can only do the mornings," then it's by God, I'm getting up in the morning to get it done. <laughs> I set my alarm, and it was one of those nights, Shane, where like every couple hours I'd wake up and be like, "Oh God, I, I, I overslept my alarm," <laughs> and it's three hours before it goes off. You know, so I, I didn't get much sleep, and man, I you am on fumes over here but i but i still got that that buzz from that tony basilio interview that i had this morning yeah
1: you're like that pate kirby interview you know it's like oh damn did <laughs> i miss it
0: <laughs> so let's get on with it shade and uh i got a fun idea for this episode gonna be able to hit on all 14 sec teams but before we do that i, I texted it to you i know you were busy at work i don't know if you got to see it another plug for the youtube because this is This will make a hell of a lot more sense if you're watching on YouTube. But uh, Jacksonville, Jaguars, their new stadium, they have renderings of what this bad boy is going to look like. I'm going to throw it up here. And it's not even so much the Jacksonville part, but they have went that extra step, Shane, and they have showed a rendering of what it looks like with Florida and Georgia fans filling that bad boy up to capacity, split one Uh side each. I mean, it looks beautiful. The only problem, Shane, and I've, I've seen a lot of this, Apparently it's going to have like a it's going to have a roof, and I think it's yeah. going to be a glass roof. But man, some college fans are just let's be done with this neutral site crap and these brand new spanking stadiums. I mean, it, it will be a sight to behold, but I don't know if we keep it in this venue long term. What's your thoughts?
1: I don't know, man. I mean, this is the first start for the push. You know, I mean, this is one of our concerns was when they were remodeling this thing or, or renovating, getting to the new stadium. That potentially we're going to lose this this, you know, Florida Georgia line game, you know, and and I don't I I don't know I think this is a sign that they're really going to fight like hell to keep it, you know. So I guess you just got to ask yourself what do you want. I I think I'm me and Mike we're we're more of a home and home kind of guy, uh, yeah. but. Uh, if if they're gonna fight, I mean this, yeah. The stadium looked pretty. I get it. You know, I mean, it looked futuristic. It looked like every Marvel movie when they go and like the Hulk's out there fighting, and then you go to they pan to the crowd, and you're like, okay, this is this is the Jacksonville Jaguars stadium. Okay, I get it. <laughs> That's kind of what it felt like. But uh, but but again, this I think this is the first sign for us to let them know that hey, we're still gonna to try to keep this game in Jacksonville.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's a great way to say it, Shane. But, uh, you know, on with the show topic, because I think we can sit here and just debate this all night long. But what I got lined up for Shane, Circa Sports, one of the best out there, based out of mm-hmm. Las Vegas. This is a legitimate sports book. They don't uh, They don't cap you like a lot of these sites on how yeah. much you can wager. They have, I think, the best sports book in Las Vegas. They have officially released, Shane, SEC over under win totals. so these are a little bit different Mm -hmm. than the ones that we have seen before so I just wanted to run through these and then at the very end I got a little surprise for you too so how's that sound just just recapping the latest greatest over under win totals.
1: No, I think this is awesome, Mike. Uh, A little different perspective because some of you were a little leery to bet earlier. Now you may be like, "Hey, now's the time to get that money in."
0: (laughs) (laughs) So let's go uh, just in alphabetical order. Shane, Alabama, over under Mm ten. So again, um, man, that is a little bit more enticing because I think it even ten. Yes, in even ten, where I think it opened at ten and a half. So that's been bet down a little bit now. Now I'm starting to like Alabama because that <laughs> when you're betting under that, I mean that, you know that's nine and three. Surely to God, they're going to lose three regular. And and again, this is just regular season. Don't count bowl game. Mm-hmm. Doesn't count SEC championship. This is the 12 regular season. They are going to lose three of them? Even even someone like me is not bold enough to say that. You know. See, look here, Bama fans. You know, look at Mike. <laughs> hey, this is he was playing the
1: long game. He doesn't hate your program. He's just been shitting on him on national media, you know, just to bring down that bet and so he can put some money on it. So, yeah, you sit there at 10, you're telling me Alabama's going to lose three games? Nah, I, I like this, Mike. This is a good bet for me.
0: Yeah. All right, how about Arkansas, Shane? I think this number has remained the same. Six and a half over under Wintoble for the Razorbacks. Six and a half. And I know the Arkansas man in you is saying – Smash that over. (laughs) What is this, the first
1: half of the season? No. (laughs) Absolutely, man. How can you not want the over here? You're talking barely bowl eligible. Have you seen the Razorbacks lately? Have you seen their schedule? I can find plenty of wins on there. Give me the over.
0: Right. And then here's another one, shade that has moved a little bit here. Auburn up to seven. Debuted, I believe, six and a half. So people Mm -hmm. buying in to the Hugh Freeze and what he's doing there year one. Uh, I I liked it at six and a half. I still like it at seven. Obviously liked it a little bit better at six and a half. But, hey, I'm on record, shade eight and four I think is Mm -hmm. very realistic for them Tigers.
1: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it moved the right way for me, Mike. This one's getting a. This became a no bet, just because mm. there's so many question marks. I know we've got a lot of transfers coming in, and and yeah. it looks good on paper, but until we see it on on the field, I am just very leery on betting on them. T- I was I was leery when it was at what six and a half. You said, you know, yeah. so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not touching it at seven,
0: right? Because now essentially they have to go eight and four to hit that over. Yeah, and that that was my bold pick. yeah Yeah. (laughs) you got a lot of
1: shit over that one too
0: (laughs) now this shade i cannot believe maybe it's not moved but i i feel like it's moved slightly or at least i thought it would move up just given the brand but the florida gator shade never in my life can i recall five and a half being the over under win total again i think that's what it was but i anticipated that that it would get pushed up but Clearly, the the money has not come in on the Gators. So, uh, man, that's that's a that's a scary sign if you're you're a Billy Napier supporter.
1: Yeah, Vegas, I mean, that's that's been the, the storyline that, that nobody wants to cover, that nobody wants to talk about. It, it's just everybody is on the Florida Gators and staying away from it. I don't know, Mike. I mean, you're talking about – yeah, they got some tough non-conference games, sure, but I, I think you're saying can the Florida Gators make a bowl? I think they can. I think they can this year, but no. um, but still – I don't know, man. Just It's like everybody telling you not to do something. You're like, well, maybe I shouldn't do it, you know? <laughs> For the whole time, I've been like, yeah, definitely, I'm hammering the over. But now we're getting to a point like, are they trying to tell me something? <laughs> you know, so yeah. I don't know. But
0: I'm still going to go the over. But I am a little, maybe I don't put as much money on it. And I really think, Shane, that um, this, if there's one team out there, Shane, that's kind of laying in the weeds, that, can use all this trash as negativity to, to fuel them this off season. there's no better candidate than the Florida Gators because you know we're, we are saying it's going to be a tough road but you know they got plenty of talent it's just yeah. it's unknown and particularly at quarterback so that kind of downgrades the entire roster fair or not uh but who knows maybe Billy Napier works his magic and you know all they got to do is steal one game and they're hitting that, that over
1: I'm glad you said it, Mike, because it feels like they're basically telling you that Florida is not going to upset anyone. Mm -hmm. Florida is going to lose all their 50-50 games. That's kind of what you're getting here. And if you feel like they can win one of those or pull off an upset on a top 25 program, then this should be no question you're putting money on it. But Mm -hmm. that's what it feels like to me. They just have no confidence for an upset here.
0: All right, Georgia, Shane, this number has remained the same. No one's touching 13. it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> 11 and a half. So, basically, you're just betting on a perfect yeah. season or if Georgia loses, on Rocky Top. I mean, that's basically what you're betting because yeah. they're going to probably beat the hell out of everybody they face. And, uh, again, Tennessee is the only one that is, at least currently, not a double-digit point spread, and it's, it's pushing. It's like eight and a half right now.
1: Well, you know, you had Rusty on the other day, and and I guess part of me as I want to be confident. I want to say the Georgia Bulldogs run the table, but then, you know, he took me down memory lane and reminded me of some of these games that they they kind of – they kind of struggled in, and yep. and you're not saying that Georgia can't win at all and they can't win a national championship. You're just asking, can they be perfect every single week? And is mm-hmm. there anybody that can that can upset them? So, I don't know, man. I, I it's tough. That's a tough one to. It just doesn't happen. How often does it happen in the SEC? We, we there's been many years we said, oh, Bama's going to run the table, and then they lose a game. So, right. um yeah, this one's a tough bet for me, Mike.
0: And a lot of times, Shane, the preseason number one, you know, with a stacked roster, everybody's telling them they're going to beat the shit out of everybody, they're mm-hmm. going to win it all. Sometimes they need that loss. Yeah. And then it, and then it locks them in. We all remember the Tebow Promise lost to Ole Miss. Yeah. And then he said, I promise you, we'll not lose another one. They went on to win the national championship. So, you know, losing to a Tennessee, to a Ole Miss, Auburn, I mean, it, that would be devastating that week. But – if it ignites your team and you go out and win a national championship, no one will ever even remember that damn game you lost.
1: That's that's the truth, Mike. And 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 there are other factors. I mean, we we've already crowned Beck as the next guy to step up, but you know, he's no mailman. He's not been in those situations. And what does he do right. if if his back's against the ropes in Mizzou and, and it's down to the final quarter? So we don't right. know. Uh so don't think I think he can get there, but and I don't think Georgia's gonna get in that situation. But perfect run, that's that's a tough
0: bet, Mike. All right, how about Kentucky at seven? I love this one. Give me give me the over on the Wildcats. Yeah, this is – I mean, this tells <laughs> – we do this every
1: June, Mike. We, I even got my blue shirt on. So, it's like, yeah, I've got to start betting on Kentucky, right? It's time. So, uh, and, and every time I talk to you, I think you just make me
0: more confident, which they're probably like, oh, shit, Shane, don't bet on us, you know? <laughs> well, this is the classic betting on brands. And yeah, if you're not a Kentucky fan, if you're not a diehard SEC, you just say – Little old Kentucky, they suck, but you know, yeah. under. But you're sleeping on them if you're thinking that. This ain't your Pat Balls Wildcats, buddy? Mm-hmm. LSU, Shane, same number, nine and a half. This is, I'm stunned. It's not moved up. I think the only reason is play at Bama, yeah. Play Florida State in the opener, so a lot of people are looking at like those are 50-50 at best. Even though I don't, I wouldn't totally agree. So that gives your margin of error zero the rest of the way, but. I'm pretty stunned nine and a half for a team that I think is capable of winning the national championship. When do they play Georgia? In Atlanta.
1: Yeah, so I'm probably gonna go over <laughs> here, Mike. I mean, I mean, you can make the argument, okay, Alabama, maybe even Texas now, but you're saying mm-hmm. three. It's 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 almost a similar conversation we just had with Bama. I just I right. think there's gonna be some losses to be had, but you're talking about three, and I'm not mm-hmm. seeing it right now. So yeah, give me the over.
0: All right, how about an Ole Miss 7, Shane? This is another one that I'm – you know, I could see it because they they do catch Georgia. Mm-hmm. They obviously play the West Gauntlet and Georgia. So, I mean, that's a murderer's row. It's not going to be easy. But it seems like all Lane Kiffin does is surprise us. Of course, he didn't at the tail end of last season. But <laughs> besides that, he's overshot expectations about every season there.
1: Yeah, it feels like a different Ole Miss team too, man. It felt like we – We knew they weren't as good as they were acting the first few months. You know, it it feels opposite. It feels like we're in a better spot this season, and they don't have that that you know early predicted six and zero run that they're going to have. They're they're going to have a tough fought season. And how can I say that my bold take? Ole Miss potentially going and and beating Georgia. And not say over on this thing. So, <laughs> calm down, George. It was a bold take. I'm just reminding you. Sometimes I say dumb stuff when I'm drinking. But uh, I like the over here, Mike, because I do think Ole Miss is a better team. I think Dart's a better quarterback. And, by yeah. God, they got one of the – they got the best running back in the country. <laughs>
0: How about Mississippi State, Shane? At six, You're Arkansas.
1: Arkansas already turned off, right? We did. I'm glad we got them out first. They they got their score. They moved on, and then we hit. As soon as they hit LSU, they're like, "I'm out of here." So now we can brag about Ole Miss
0: as running back. Mississippi State at six, Shane and Zach Arnett's debut. They they do get eight home games. That's something a lot of people point to. I think that's a school record. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Six. I mean i think they have the besides georgia and alabama i think mm-hmm. they have the longest bowl streak in the sec so uh i guess we can't push but um hmm. I, don't, I don't think the wheels are going to come off this this team after winning nine last year
1: no no uh, but expectations have been lowered um you know this is more of a gut check if you're if you're if you're a Mississippi State homer and yeah. and you're looking at that record or maybe even you who knows that's the thing sometimes you you may be more dialed in with your program than we are and and if you feel like Shane and Mike are idiots and and I, there's no way that Mississippi State doesn't easily hit a bowl game well then yeah put your money on them Bulldogs but Mike me again similar to Auburn too much too much question marks. Too many too many holes right there. I'm just afraid to put a lot of money on it. I do like the over. I'm leaning the over, but I'm not super I'm not putting a mortgage payment on it. Right.
0: How about your Missouri Tigers, Shane, at six? I I don't
1: care what number you throw out. Give me over.
0: (laughs) I mean, how disrespectful is that? Six. Hell, we Uh, think they might be six and oh. You know what? Shit. They're going to hold teams to six points sometimes, you
1: know. This this defense is legit, brother. And I'm putting you guys up. I swear I'm going to delete every pod I've ever mentioned Mizzou if you fail me. But, uh, yeah, this is my
0: buy-in team right here, Mike. Give me over big time. And another one, uh, you know, people were pretty surprised when the number came out. It has not shifted. South Carolina, six. Again, Mm -hmm. they've got a murderer's row. Very tough non-conference. And, of course, the SEC slate. So, Mm -hmm. man, uh, I'm I'm just curious. I wonder if South Carolina – I know they don't give a damn. They don't give a damn what these Vegas numbers (laughs) say. But I wonder if that has tempered expectations at all. I would assume probably not. Yeah, no, no. They're
1: they they they're lining up the parade. They've already re- rented a VRBO down there in Atlanta <laughs> for the SEC championship. But that's the kind of buy-in Gamecock fans have. And, and I think that's important because regardless of the record, they're still going to show up on Saturday. They're still going to make some noise. That's why I'm leaning the over because there's going to be a lot of home-field advantage played up there in Columbia. So give me the over here with the Gamecocks.
0: And then Tennessee, Shay nine. I think it was nine and a half. So this m- may have been bet down mm-hmm. to nine. That's a, that's a tough number because you gotta go ten and two to go over. Can the can the balls go over nine? Yeah, of course we can. Man, I mean, <laughs> did you not see us beat Alabama last year, Mike?
1: And now we got a bigger, better quarterback? Jeez. Just can't end it. I love you, baby. I love you. I am just I I'm I'm buying into Milton. I know a lot of people are questioning him and if he's going to be the guy. I think he's the guy. I think he's the alpha dog. He's he's yeah. got the team behind him. They got the players around him. So this is still going to be the most electric offense in the country, and I think the defense is better improved. So yes, give me the over. Sorry, I know your time's running out. I could talk Will. Tennessee all day. You know that. <laughs>
0: yeah, we're going to talk more. with You Tony can tell Basilio. I just walked. I'm so
1: amped up. You know.
0: <laughs> How about A and M? Shane, eight and a half. This is the biggest wild card. I'm. This is a stay away from me. I could see him smash the over. I could see him smashing the under. I just have no confidence one way or another to put money on the Aggies.
1: I'm, I'm smash the over. But then I'm, I have the reserve because I I, I have questions. I have concerns. Yeah. Um, I'm just afraid to put a lot of money on this. But it would not blow my mind if Texas A&M doesn't just, like, kill the over here.
0: All right, Vanderbilt, four. Again, I don't understand the maybe no. similar deal with Kentucky. I'm not comparing the two necessarily, even though they did beat Kentucky. But I think this is just completely looking at the brand, not looking at the rebuild. Four, that seems disrespectful.
1: Mike, they may have four before November here. So give me the over. I love Vanderbilt. I think I think this is a team that is on the rise. Uh, mm-hmm. Upset a few SEC opponents last year, let's not forget. So they, they got some dudes out there, and I, I like the over.
0: Now, last thing I wanted to hit on, Shane, before we get to this Tony Basilio interview real quick. I went through, this took a lot more longer than it probably should. I'm I'm not good at numbers and counting at all this, but I went through every team, every SEC team's schedule, and I counted their opponents over and under and combined them all. So, like everyone Tennessee plays versus everybody Florida plays. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, gotcha. I counted that all up, and I was kind of stunned, Shane. Who do you think has the toughest schedule and maybe this is not the best metric for tough schedules, but who has the highest number essentially of teams they're playing have the highest combined over under win total?
1: Hmm. Uh, Florida Gators.
0: You're very close, but it's the Mizzou Tigers. How about Ooh. that, Shane? Uh-huh. Eighty-one and a half. The combined over under win total for Mizzou's opponents. Uh, that was pretty surprising. But you, like I said, you were right there. Eighty-one. So just a half under is florida and alabama so alabama and florida going through a gauntlet uh this season
1: who's who's the least did you do the least
0: oh well (laughs) you don't even have to guess do you who's Uh, got the weakest schedule
1: who's got the weakest schedule uh no 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 they got alabama um
0: you like know, we all know. We all know. We've been talking about it for nine months. What a joke their schedule is. Georgia Bulldogs, and it's well, not I mean, even close. Of course, they don't have to play true? themselves. Yeah, well, <laughs> Wait, good point. <laughs> yeah, you, you always want to skip to the yeah. end here. So, LSU yeah. and Ole Miss, their number's 78. So, just below Alabama and Florida. Auburn, 76 and a half. South Carolina, 75 and a half. Vanderbilt, 75 Kentucky, Mississippi State, and A&M, 74 and a half. Tennessee, 74, so third weakest schedule. you got to like that. Arkansas, finally catching a break with 71. And then Georgia, all the way down here with 64-and-a-half over-under oh, win total. So, yeah, it's not did even close. I get,
1: I get what you're saying. You and your silly math. You get up with Bartu one time (laughs) and you got to throw numbers out here
0: like this, like Rain Man counting toothpicks, you know? (laughs) Yeah, so take that for what it's worth. I don't know if that's a great metric or not, but I just thought it was – No, I like it. I like it. I like your numbers. I
1: just want to I appreciate your hard work on putting that together, Mike. And no (laughs) one's no one's gonna fact check you. I'm just agreed with you, you know, like, oh yeah, okay,
0: I I get it. (laughs) But all right, buddy, let's kick it over to our interview with the man Tony Basili. All right, this is always one of my favorite, favorite episodes we do the man himself, Mr. Tony Basilio. I kid you not, Tony. It don't matter who I have on here. If I got a coach, I got Paul Feinbaum. I got CEOs of multi-million dollar companies. My dad never gets more proud of me than when I have Tony Basilio on the show. Thank you so much for making the time, Tony.
2: Well, there's a reason for that. Your man, your father is a man of exquisite taste (laughs) And obviously a very, very bright human being. So <laughs> I, my compliments to him today.
0: <laughs> so, Tony, uh, let me get uh, your thoughts. You had me on your show about a week ago, and we were you know, breaking down this SEC scheduling, and and you couldn't believe that the SEC, after all this talk, we've been talking about this for two damn years, the SEC was going to stay at eight. Here we go a week or so later. it's It's been confirmed they're going to stay at eight. What's, what's your immediate thoughts to all that?
2: Well, the first thing i do is tip my hat to you because you were talking about something nobody else was, Michael Bratton. And that does not go unnoticed by this living fan. That's number one. There weren't a lot of people in your space. Nobody, in fact, was saying, hey, when they convene here in a couple of weeks, they're going to go to an eight-game model, and Alabama's blocking it. You were the first. So I'm giving you incredible credit for unearthing that. Secondly, this is a league and always has been a league dominated by Alabama. The fact that Oklahoma and Texas didn't get a vote in this deal probably swings uh, what could have or should have or would have happened. That this league continues to be one of the only power conferences this year there's 14 or 14 teams in it. I keep losing track, but there's 14 officially, right? Right. Only two of the 14 don't have at least two one to uh two non-power 5 games on a schedule. I mean, there is a lot of backslapping in this league. There's a lot of bravado and talk. But when it gets down to scheduling, there's just not a lot of They're there there. And we need to call it what it is is, as SEC fans. Look, I love the SEC. I love the passion. I love the fans. I love the level of play. I love the commitment to excellence. So why is it not there in scheduling? Mm. How can you have a 14-team league next year, 16-team league, I'm sorry, and play eight league games? And then you want to tell me it means more. But you were the first guy. I'll tell you this, Mike. When you come on the air and you said that, And it was roughly 10 days before, 11 days before they dropped what they dropped. People said to me, that's not real. This guy's lying. That can't be real. I I had some vitriolic hate emails. I can show you from some people (laughs) saying, you're just flaming people for no reason. You're gaslighting people for no reason. And those same folks came back and said, I'm sorry. I never dreamed in a million years they would do this. It's embarrassing. And here's the thing. A lot of SEC fans live in cross footprints with other leagues and they have to defend their league. Mm -hmm. And you can't defend this. You can't defend this. Well, I
0: I just think Nick Saban, you got to be careful what you wish for, because, again, this is another thing that I said on your show. and, And this is true. If we stay at eight, the team I think that benefits the most is Tennessee, because what you're essentially doing is you're likely dropping Alabama, and you're and you're likely dropping Georgia from the annual. Scale. Now you'll still play them every other year, so it's not like Tennessee will get some cakewalk. But you know their their annual opponent's gonna be Vanderbilt. That's not fair to the rest of the SEC. So. Just be careful what you wish for. I mean, but I think I know why Hypo probably uh, was leaning towards the eight because he had that information on hand as well. But um, uh, let's go to the team this year, Tony, because I heard you recently on, I think it was the George Plaster show, great show out of Nashville, and they were hyping up or Nico, and they wanted to get your thoughts on Nico, and you, you were really touting him. I know so many people, uh, when they talk about Tennessee this offseason, it in their minds, the game's not this simple, but but to a lot of people, it is. How how high can Joe Milton take his team? So I guess that's a two parter for you. How high can Joe Milton take his team? And what's what are you hearing, Tony, the the voice of the common fan that's so well connected, one of the best connected in in all the SEC? What's the uh, the inner dialogue on what they've got in this Nico kid?
2: Well, first of all, Joe Joe Milton's a mystery, you know. Joe Milton's got that tremendously strong arm, which makes him a natural curiosity. Uh, It makes him a perfect pitch man. The other thing Joe Milton's got going for him is you can't judge a book by its cover. And, uh, you know, so many times in sports we see this because his outward appearance doesn't project a guy who looks who's a pretty serious person. Joe Milton's had a tale of, of two runs here in Knoxville. His first opportunity to play quarterback here, the last time he was seen before he seated for Hendon Hooker mm-hmm. was him running out of bounds on fourth down. Now, I got to tell you, that's something that not a lot of people come back from. Joe Milton behind the scenes once that happened, and he was heading on a path like a Rolling Stone quarterback who matriculated from Michigan to here. The thought was, because this is what we're used to in the modern era, the thought was, oh, he'll end up transferring uh, once this is over. No. Not only did he not transfer, he became a team leader. He became best friends with Hendon Hooker. He became a guy that would cook for all his teammates, and they started having – uh, you know, community meals over at his place. And apparently he's quite the, quite the chef and this, that, and the other. Well, Joe Milton's a team leader. The kids love Joe Milton. Last year, when Hooker got hurt, the conventional wisdom went, oh man, there goes the season. They're going to draw somebody pretty good in a bowl game and get smoked because he can't play. Yeah. And, and I got to be honest with you. I didn't think he could play. I mean, And and people say, well, on the air, I was kind of saying that. I just doubt this guy could play. Now, here's where I am with Joe Milton right now. To quote the great Dennis Green, some people are wanting to crown him. I'm not. One bowl game against Clemson does not a season make. And you've got to be able, at this level, to do it consistently to consistently make the throws, to consistently make the reads, to consistently uh, make the good decisions, consistently make winning plays. Can he do that over what for Tennessee will be a okay schedule? It's not the hardest in the world, but it's not the easiest either. Can he do that over the span of a season to a point where Tennessee can perform? like I saw – And I put it in my blog today over at tclub.team. If you want to check our stuff out, it's tclub.team. I saw where Circa has Tennessee's number. It was nine and a half. It's been bet down to nine in terms of win total on the year. Nine sounds about right to me. And if Tennessee wins nine games after losing Hooker, after losing the Blitnikoff Award winner, after losing everything they lost off last year's team, this is kind of a tweener year for the Vols um that'd be a hell of a job people don't want to hear that people here think oh well 10 11 you know and and look that's all good I mean I'm for that don't get me wrong in terms of Nico second part of your question Mike again can't judge a book by its cover Nico was the kid with the sunglasses on indoors when he came on his official visit brought a posse of like Half a million people with him. Tennessee paid for it. Uh, Had a chartered plane where he came and played a flag football game locally in Farragut. And like 25 of his teammates got out of it. I mean, tell me how many times you've ever heard of uh, a kid bringing 25 people across the country on a jet to play flag football. I think that's a little excessive. At any rate... Nico, since he's been here, has been deferential to the other quarterbacks. Even a couple of the guys who are, like, guys that are never going to play. Third, fourth, fifth string guys. He's been the first guy to meetings, the last guy to leave. He's been extremely humble. And, look, he's a big money player. I mean, Tennessee – Gave him a life-changing opportunity to come here. And he hasn't behaved like a diva. Which I've got to tell you, Mike, everything on the front end said that he was going to. And then he got out on the field in December. I'll tell you a quick story. A buddy of mine's been over there forever. who's helped me out with some information. He said somebody came... The day after his, I think it was the second practice. Because they had him out there running, like, scout team stuff, just kind of getting his feet wet, you know, whatever. Throw him in, see what happens. Guy said, somebody knocked on his door and said, man, you got to come down to practice tomorrow. You got to see this. What do you mean? You just got to come see this. You just got to. He said, I walked out there. He said, this guy is firing the ball around, just like. He said in his feet and he's just making plays. And he doesn't know what he's doing, but he's just out there just, you know, running around making plays. He said to me, He said, This guy, if he studies it, is gonna be freak show good. So that's your that's that's the word on Nico. Gonna be freak show good if, if he studies it, which I think he's studying it. Mm-hmm. I think he's pretty humble.
0: Do you think he'll be too good to keep off the field? And when I say that, I'm not sitting here saying bench Joe Milton because I think that would be foolish because, like you just alluded to, I mean, he's still learning. Uh, you're not, you're not going to win at a, at a high level in the SEC throwing that quarterback on the field day one. But maybe as much as they possibly can, get him into the fourth quarter. Get, just like they kind of did two at Alabama. I know they're different players, but Tua played a lot as a freshman. Uh, just, and it, it was just immediate. You saw, I mean, Jalen Hurts was a good player, but people were, were shaking their head. How we, how do we have this guy on the bench? And obviously it, it that switched in the national championship game. Do you think we'll see Nico as much as possible on the field this fall?
2: Well, you're trying to drag me into something here, aren't you, man? <laughs> um, I really appreciate you doing that. Since I'm somebody that answers questions, I would venture to guess they'll – find ways to introduce them this fall. I would venture to guess that they will. Yeah. I don't know what that would look like. Heupel's pretty innovative. And if Milton has the kind of year that he thinks, and some people think he can, I'm still not sure of that, but if, but if he does, they're going to blow a bunch of people out with that offense. And that kid should get ample opportunity to play. If you're asking me, is he going to overtake Milton eventually? Uh, Boy, they hope not. Right.
0: And if that happens, that means, in my mind, they've not had a good
2: season, to be honest That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct.
0: Now, I I hate to bring up a a bad memory here, but uh, the defense in that South Carolina game, that is just imprinted in Vol fans' minds. So much so, Tony, that they overlooked that, uh, I mean, they just dominated Kentucky. They made, in my mind, Will Levis lost a first-round pick that night because he was so awful. Uh, I think the defense won him the LSU game. You can make the case defense won him the pick game, which was a pivotal game. Uh, I mean, the defense had many moments last year. What's your confidence level that uh, a performance like South Carolina will not happen this year to a ball defense that I I think is still – I think it's more talented overall, deeper – you know, they inherited a, a just an awful mess. And I thought they were respectable year one. I thought they got better year two, aside from that South Carolina performance. What's your confidence level that uh, we won't have a disastrous performance in the SEC like that again?
2: Well, South Carolina watched the film, first of all, because you're going to attack Tennessee secondary attack them. I've had it last season. They've got some young reinforcements coming now. <clears throat> They've really – Focus their efforts on defense. You know, with Heiple, I thought this guy's an offensive mastermind. They're going to collect offensive pieces, defense be damned. It's been almost the opposite. A lot of their loud hits in recruiting um, last year's class, this year so far, have come on the defensive side. Now, it did not say they're not having their offensive moments. They've got they're in line to get two of the best wide receivers in the country one of whom hell's from Georgia. So they're doing good things. In terms of Tennessee's defense this year, how quickly will the young guys be introduced? Because they've got a bunch of old heads back here that can't run.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I don't know because I'm one of them. I'm an old head that can't run. But I couldn't run when I was young. <laughs>
0: right.
2: So it takes a slow guy to know a slow guy. They've <laughs> some guys that can't run at the, at the Division One level. And as you say, they were indicative of a spot you find yourself in when you're in a transition as Tennessee was. Some of their talented guys walked out the door defensively uh, in, the, in the midst of that scandal that occurred here. And so uh, this thing, you know, you were left with what you were left with to play. For them to take that defensive level of talent last year and have the season they did, the South Carolina game notwithstanding, is remarkable coaching. It's incredible coaching. And so I think the defense this year probably is going to be uneven at times. Um, still not there yet next year and the year after that will be when Tennessee throws what I would consider a moving toward the upper tier defense in this league, whatever that means these days, Mike, because nobody punts a football anymore. Right. And everybody plays Ben but don't break. And everybody gives up four, you know, four or 500 yards. It looks like the, it looks like the old big 12 <laughs> from 20 years ago, what's happened in this league now. Mm-hmm. So I mean even Alabama's defense looks that, looks that way. So I think Tennessee this year will have a tweener type defense in a year that for 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 those reasons is probably going to be like a little bit of a tweener year which people don't want to hear again. The Circa number now is 9 uh, the win total which sounds about right to me. I mean you can make the case they'll win 8 you can make the case that they'll win nine. Winning ten will be will be very good. People say, well, you know, Alabama's not. I'm like, Alabama's not what they were five years ago, but they're still pretty damn good. Yeah. So well,
0: there spe- is that. Speaking of Alabama, I I definitely wanted to ask you this because you are the voice of the fan. You're more plugged into that fan base than anybody. I mean, just what was that like for for those fans calling into your show Oh man! last fall when Tennessee oh, beat Alabama? First of all, how many hours were you on? I, mean, I got to imagine you were on for about 12 hours.
2: We were on for, I'm trying to remember, when, when did that game start? I think that was a 3.30 start.
0: Yep, it ended about 10 o'clock at night, it felt like.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I know um, it was
0: dark out. I know it was dark out when it was done.
2: Was that a night game? We were on seven and a half hours. We may have gone to like 3.30, 4 o'clock Eastern time. And again, my website is tclub.team if folks want to check that out. I'm doing baseball post game stuff after Tennessee baseball games uh, during the postseason here. And, and I'll tell you, this fan base is kind of incredible because – The other day we did a football game like number after a baseball game, which just goes to show you that this fan base has a lot of pride in their Tennessee volunteers across several different sports. And and Mike, I'm just so built by God to do what I do. I just love people. And uh, when I'm not doing my show, I play a lot of live music. So I, I play music. I'm, I'm i guess a musician i don't know i use that term loosely but i play a lot of live music as well and i just enjoy enjoy community i enjoy being around people and that's what we try and do man and people tell me on our post game stuff they say man the great wins are really really fun and then from a opposing fan bases i get hey when the vols lose i can't wait to turn your thing on And just hear people just, you know, melt down. Because this fan base is is pretty damn good at the high highs. And they're pretty damn good at the low lows. (laughs) If you know what I mean.
0: I know exactly what you mean. But uh, I really wanted to ask you this too. So uh, they beat Alabama last year, fell short against Georgia. But obviously those flip-flop this year, Georgia's in Nealon late in the season, on the road, at Alabama – Which game do you think is more realistic that Tennessee wins this season? Because I would argue, personally, even though it's on the road, I think it's Alabama still. I'm curious to hear your thoughts.
2: Well, when Alabama made their move with their quarterback, bringing that kid from um, Notre Dame, and people could spend that all they want. Well, Reese really didn't like him. and uh, and, uh, Well, he's on your roster. He's on your roster for a reason. Mm Mm-hmm. You show me a team right now in, in this league and college football that probably doesn't really know who their quarterback is in June. And I'll tell you that's a team that's gettable. Now, again, we have fans that are, that are like literally grabbing a pen and putting W next to that game. I'm not one of them. But of those two games, Georgia, we have to all be honest here. Georgia, Kirby Smart, though he cuts his hair with a floby. Uh, young kids, look it up. Look up what a floby is. Or, at the very least, goes to sports clips. Here's a man making $9 million. I mean, go get your hair cut something. You know, get a decent haircut, dude. <laughs> it's total world domination. It is total. When David Pollock looked right over there at Nick Saban, and urinated all over his driveway because that's what that is and looking at that man on national television and looking him right in the eye and saying georgia is the gold standard what was his quote do you remember was it the gold? georgia is the gold what was the quote they own college football whatever it was saban looked like Sabin looked even more like he had bitten onto a bitter apple more than he usually does he looked more dour and depressing than he usually does once that happened
0: i mean five years ago he would have jumped on pollock you know what
2: no question it would have choked him out how dare you say that (laughs) we dominate college football
0: (laughs) all right last thing for you tony really appreciate all your time Um, i love you man any balls standing out based on what you're hearing maybe young players maybe Maybe veterans that have not yet made an impact, just any players at all, any positions that stand out that will potentially be household names by the end of the season. Because we know with this Josh Heupel offense, I mean, guys are going to emerge. Uh, I think Tennessee's probably got the best system and the best play caller in the country right now. And as long as Heupel's there, uh, they're going to they're going to produce high, big time numbers on that offense.
2: Well, Seldon's one of them. And they've got some guys that they really feel like are going to emerge. The question is, how long till these guys get acclimated? Look, the receiving core is gone. It's decimated. It's decimated. The issue, though, with Tennessee is, and what you'll find, one of the great mysteries is, what happened last year with those guys? With, with both of the draft picks that blew up, would it with Tillman and then with your uh, eventual Blitnikoff Award winner, which probably wouldn't have happened if Tillman would have stayed healthy, mm-hmm. would that have occurred under a different coaching staff for those guys? The answer is wholeheartedly no. Would those guys be thought of the way they're thought of and drafted as highly into the NFL? The answer is wholeheartedly no. What Tennessee has is they've got a group of young playmakers on their receiving core that they feel very, very, very good about. And they feel like there are some kids over there that are really going to make an impact probably right away. That's why I call this year a tweener year because I think Tennessee fans are going to see a tantalizing glimpse of the future while they're looking at the present which I find one of the magical things about college football because you've got those veteran players and then you've got those kids. And you talked before about how, I mean, if you think about it through the lens of time now, Alabama could not wait to run Jalen hurts off. Think about that. Jalen hurts top five player in the NFL right now. They could not wait to run him off Mm -hmm. and get to their young quarterback. And I think Tennessee is going to see some tantalizing things from a a bunch of young guys this fall, quite frankly, um, before it's over. I I think they feel really good about their recruiting class and then what's there in terms of some young guys to watch. Keaton's obviously going to be a guy that's got a chance to break out this year. um, And and there are several of them um, with him.
0: Yeah, and to, to your point about Tillman, I believe he had seven catches in three seasons, and then Hyple comes and turns him into all SEC NFL prospect. I mean, it's incredible. But before you go, Tony, tell the audience best place to find all your work.
2: So my website is tclub.team. Again, tclub.team, and we just do it every day. Like today there was an eighteen hundred word blog up, um, and I blog every day. We have contributors that help me. We do a post-game show uh, for every football game, every basketball game, some baseball games. And then we have a saying around here, when news breaks out, we break in. If something big happens, uh, if you've got, for instance, uh, an assistant football coach driving down our main thoroughfare backward, um, exposed – and he gets arrested by the police. We we will be on the air talking about it. That actually happened here back in the 90s. So imagine waking up and reading that in your, in your newspaper. That actually happened out here on Kingston Pike. Had a oh cook. Carly Simon said the, those were the good old days. So in anticipation, which I guess leads me to this, Mike. You know, this hypo guy is so good. Mm-hmm. They have such a family-oriented deal. Um, he is so good that I keep saying to myself, this can't be real. Because for forever, our saying around here was, we can't have nice things. <laughs> and this guy is so good. <laughs> and he's such a normal dude. He's like a normal. He has such a departure from that goofball. Pro it ain't even funny
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah well said well Tony I cannot thank you enough man I, I love you to death outstanding stuff and uh, we'll talk soon man
2: well your father again is where it all began with you and he's a man of he's a man of incredible taste like what can I say <laughs> thank you brother good talking to you
0: all right, Shane, so great stuff as always from Tony. I love having that guy on. Love just, you know, he's just such a wacky, fun guy. Yeah, but yeah, uh, he is. S- Someone I've always admired. I, I, I do his show often, and it's a treat, man. I he's this Literally, I do these shows all the time. Shane, I got another one here coming up. I've never been on a show with a guy where he, you know, he had me on the line, and he's like, hold on, we got this other guy. He's going to rap for 20 20- minutes. 20 minutes and he he's he's having callers come in and rap at me i mean it's it's a scene over there brother
1: i wonder what his stage name is i was thinking about the music i, I how do i find him on spotify Is he got a like you know surely he doesn't go by tony you know i would think like t or something <laughs> t-bone <Yeah. laughs> he's a t-bone you know what <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> But all right, hey, brother, I hate to cut you short, but i got to jump off here. I'm literally, i got to be on a call in 10 seconds here. you got anything before we hop offline? You better say no. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> jump on the YouTube, do to subscribe,
1: and don't forget, Flag Day, we're going to be live. Check us out on That SEC Podcast.
0: Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate each and every one of you. We'll catch
1: you
0: on the next one. All right, see you guys.
1: Go balls.